Destination Medicine is a collaborative initiative of regional training hubs. With first-hand lessons learned from those who have gone before, this podcast is designed to assist and inspire anyone interested in pursuing a medical career in rural and regional Australia. Welcome to Destination Medicine. I'm Nicole Goodman. Dr. Rosie Ross is living proof that passion will help you achieve your dreams. Rosie always wanted to be a doctor, but family circumstances prevented her from qualifying early on. And it would be many years before she finally entered medical school. Instead, she did nursing. She ran a health food shop. She practiced as a naturopath. And her interest and qualifications in the area of natural and integrative medicine holds true today. Rosie Ross is also Indigenous. These days, Rosie is a practice principal of a thriving medical practice in Coffs Harbour, bringing all her medical and health-related wisdom to bear for the benefit of her patients. She has always had a commitment to lifelong learning, and that certainly proved itself when, at the age of 42, Rosie went back to school, to high school, that is, to start her journey to medical school, and from there to becoming a doctor. But let's let Rosie tell that story. She starts by telling Heather Dawson about her early career path and the setback she experienced to becoming a doctor, despite the encouragement of others. First of all, I had done nursing and when I graduated with a high distinction, one of the doctors said, Rosie, why didn't you do medicine? But it really wasn't the right time at that stage. I lacked the qualifications. I hadn't actually completed my year 12 high school certificate. So I didn't have the qualifications to be able to go into medicine. And also the timing wasn't right because I had to leave school in year 11 to help support our family because my father had been made redundant and wasn't able to get more work. So the timing wasn't right at that stage. Oh, but you steered your way around. I did. I, uh, it was actually when I was 42, so I'm a bit of a late bloomer in getting into medicine. I was 42 and I had another opportunity where a doctor in Hobart said to me, Rosie, why don't you study medicine? And at this stage of my life, yes, it was the right time to make the moves. So I applied down in Tasmania and they just wouldn't look at me because I didn't have my high school certificate. They said, well, you need to go to high school. So I actually went to high school. (laughs) And I don't know if you know that, but I was 42 when I went back to high school. (laughs) And I mean high school with the 16 and 17-year-olds, not TAFE. And there were 1,100 of them. And when I was in year 12, my youngest daughter actually started in year 11. So can you imagine? I'm I'm driving the car up and instead of just dropping her off, I get out and we walk in together. So that's how I came to go. I was so passionate about doing medicine that I decided I will do whatever it takes. And if I fail, that's fine, but at least I'm going to follow what I believe I'm meant to be doing here, my passion, and I'll go for it. (laughs) Even so, did you tell people about your goal to become a doctor eventually? I did tell other people about studying medicine and they, some of my friends thought I was crazy because they were thinking about early retirement. (laughs) One person actively tried to dissuade me from pursuing my dream and I had a very supportive family, so I went and did it. 
You mentioned it. So how many universities did you apply to? I actually applied to three. One was in Tasmania, which was where I was living, and they didn't look at my application or they didn't offer me an opportunity to go and have an interview. I also applied to UNSW in New South Wales and Newcastle, and both of those universities offered me the opportunity to interview. Well, tell us a little bit about the pathway from nursing to medicine, because was that a big help in the whole application process? I think it probably was. I'd done nursing way back when it was still actually a diploma. And so I didn't have a a medical degree or I didn't have any degree. I went and did natural therapies, herbal medicine. And so I had that and I had my own health food shop because I'm very passionate about health literacy and wanting to help people to understand about their bodies and what they can do to help themselves. But when they need to put up their hand to receive assistance from a medical practitioner. And it was one of the doctors that I was working, we had a professional relationship when I had that naturopathic consultation and would it encourage people to go and tell their doctors about that they were taking some complementary medicines. And so we had this good professional relationship. It was this lady, this doctor who encouraged me to study medicine. And yeah, so it's a, a long way around. Right. So the application process, was that a complicated thing for you? Because I wasn't familiar with it, yes, it was. Remember, I'm coming in here as as a mature age student and I wasn't quite sure how to go about that. By this time, I'd actually gone back to high school to finish my education and I'd applied to two universities, not realising that the first university that you apply to <laughs> will be the one that will offer you a, a position if you meet their criteria and pass. And so I, I wasn't aware of that. I was actually offered a position at Newcastle University, wonderful university, but I realised it was UNSW that I wanted to go to. So I actually had to decline that first round offer in the hope that I would be given an offer for a second round offer at the university that I really wanted to go to. Did you have to go through the interview process like most students do? I certainly did. There were three parts to getting into medicine. And the first one was, you know, getting a really good HSC. And then I had to go through the UMAT process. And then there was the interview process itself. And you passed. (laughs) It was a little bit daunting, though, I have to say, because there were different panels of people and I wasn't familiar with that uh, process. So can you give any tips to the people listening to you now about that application and selection process? Mm -hmm. Okay, so with regard to the interview process, I found that a little bit daunting because I was interviewed by panels of four and five people. And I wasn't used to that. One of the best uh, tips that I was given that I'd like to share is that if you do have two or more people that are interviewing you, to please look at the person that's directing you the question. You can look at the other people on the, the panel, but to actually provide your answers, direct them at the person who actually asked the question. Okay. Now, did you enter medicine through a, a specific entry pathway? I had the opportunity to go through the rural and Indigenous pathway and uh, that was really beneficial. When I'd applied to do medicine, I was given the opportunity to 
enter into what's called Foundations in Medicine. This was at UNSW and it's a four-week course in which Indigenous peoples are able to experience the whole experience of what it is to do medicine. So for four weeks, you're doing assignments, you're having lectures, which are given by the lecturers, you know, in the different modalities. So we would go into the anatomy labs, into doing pathology. So I really got the whole of the the practice of medicine, the experience of medicine, and that was really beneficial. There wasn't any guarantee that I would get into medicine, though. There were other people who were doing this course, Foundations, with me at the same time, and only two, I believe, out of five of us were offered the opportunity to go forward and do medicine. Did you encounter any barriers while you were studying and training? What I found was it was a very inclusive and supportive environment. And for example, I was mentored and I knew that I could ask my mentor for, you know, support if things were getting a little bit tough. When I went through another couple of years of medicine myself in studying, I was able to be a tutor for other students and that was really helpful. So I found it a very inclusive experience. It's important to encourage um, Indigenous First Nations people to study medicine, Rosie. Do you have any advice for First Nations people considering a career in medicine? Well, I think go for it. If this is what you would really like to do and you believe that you have a lot to offer, I encourage you to go for it. I think it's really important and from my experience that as First Nations people, we do go into medicine and show and be role models for other people who would like to enter this field or any professional field. And if I can just give you a little experience that I had, when I was a medical student, I was working in one of the emergency departments and there was a mother there and she said, oh, you're Indigenous. And I said, yes, that's right. And she cried and she said, this is fantastic. My son has been really interested in doing medicine. He's been assessed as gifted. And and knowing that, you know, there are other Indigenous people out there going to be doctors and going for it, this gave her and her son the confidence to really go and follow his dream as well. So I think it's really important that we be there for each other. Okay. And rural medicine too. What attracted mm-hmm. you to rural medicine? Well, I've always lived rurally. When I was growing up, I went to a, a school, a primary school that had two rooms mm-hmm. <laughs> and I chose to go rural, well, as I was doing my medicine degree, because there's that sense of community, which is just wonderful. And I have stayed rural after I have graduated and gone through further training as a general practitioner. And what I know is that there's a wonderful network of community there. So for example, I had a a lady who came in with her husband and her husband, it was obvious, was needing to receive some assistance. And I was able to actually pick up the phone and speak to a specialist, speak to the emergency department, get him straight in there and to receive the acute medical attention that he needed. And the other thing is about being rural and having those wonderful connections is that when I go out for a coffee, my patients will wave at me. And so it's lovely. I don't feel that there's any crossing of boundaries. Everyone's very respectful, but 
it's just a lovely collegial community feel. So I totally recommend rural medicine and being part of a community. Okay. Well, final question then, Rosie. Any memorable moments in your training or your career that you'd like to share with us? Oh, I've had some amazing, wonderful experiences. When I was uh, in my fifth year, I went to the emergency department in Broken Hill. And I was working in the emergency department there for a few weeks and learning from mentors. And one day, one of the flying doctors came in and I said, oh, I'm going out with you guys tomorrow. Do you have any tips and tricks for me? And they said, yes, uh, bring $20 and a pair of clean knickers. And I thought, oh, okay. And I'm really glad that I listened because we flew into Tipperborough and had to stay there overnight. There was a massive red dust storm and we were unable to return. And so I'm glad that I listened to that advice. <laughs> and... <laughs> I've been able to deliver babies. Uh, that's been wonderful. The first baby that I ever delivered, the lady was standing in the shower, <laughs> underneath the shower, and I insisted that we actually turn off the shower, you know, for the delivery. And I said to her afterwards, you know, what was that all about? And she said, well, she was on the gas, you know, to, to help with pain relief. And she said, I thought that I was in London at a disco. And, uh, <laughs> and I said, well, whatever it takes, that's fabulous. <laughs> but it's just, it's such a privilege to do medicine. And for that, I'm so grateful. Dr. Rosie Ross, now working as a practice principal at Northside Health in Coffs Harbour. This is Destination Medicine. Thanks for listening. Regional training hubs are supported by funding from the Australian Government under the Rural Health Multidisciplinary Training Programme.